Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works, Star Trek, The Turnabout Intruder. The Enterprise answers a distress call to the planet Camus II. A group of Federation scientists are exploring the ancient ruins of a dead society. The Enterprise landing party finds only two archaeological team members, team survivors, Dr. Janice Lester and Dr. Arthur Coleman. Dr. McCoy diagnosis, diagnosis suggests the survivors are suffering from selenium radiation poisoning. Janice deliriously mutters a broken sentence, fragments like, I love you. I could have roamed the stars with you. When I was with you at the academy, it was the first time I felt alive. Kirk does reciprocate, telling Janice, they would have fought and hated each other if they had um, got together. Dr. Coleman explains that the Solidium shield was weak and killed the team. Dr. Coleman distracts McCoy, and McCoy uh, leaves Kirk with Janice. Janus activates a machine that magnetizes Kirk into a frozen state. And then Janus switches life entities with Kirk. Janus' feminist attitude attacks Kirk's maleness, telling him, Now you know what it's like to be a woman. Janus attempts to kill Kirk, but... Um, her opportunity is cut short as the landing party returns. Janice wants Coleman to kill Kirk, but he tells her, I won't be a murderer. McCoy believes his medical authority is final. Coleman recommends sedating Janice Kirk, telling the team she is recovering. Kirk Janice disagrees and excuses McCoy as the chief medical officer and replaces him with Coleman. McCoy argues that Coleman has been, ruled, um, has been ruled as incompetent to serve as the Starfleet Surgeon General. Coleman loves Janice, Kirk Janice. Kirk Janice, Kirk and Janice, that's the, the two identities, um, Kirk's body, Janice's entity, commands the officers to change course and leave Kirk Janice at or Janice Kirk, at Benekia Colony and ignore rendezvous with the U.S. Potemic. Janice Kirk believes, now this is Janice with Kirk's entity. Janice Kirk believes by the next mission, she will be invulnerable to suspicion. Janice Kirk tells the confused bridge officers, time is of the essence. Spock challenges the change in course, indicating Starbase 2 would be a better medical facility. The deviation would be equal to Benkia's schedule. Starfleet regulations demand that a change in course be communicated to headquarters, the fleet. Benkia Colony has a primitive medical facility. McCoy and Spock have observed the emotional instability in Janice Kirk, or Kirk Janus, and the ship crew is nervous about the change in the captain's behavior. Spock says, 
The aberrant behavior rumors are spreading through the ship. McCoy forces Janice Kirk to report for a medical examination. So this is Janice in Kirk's body. McCoy um, finds to the physical evidence that there is nothing, anything, there's nothing different. Kirk Janice awakes and attempts to tell about the life entity switch, but Janice Kirk orders Coleman to sedate her, which is Kirk. The paranoia has been building for the last six months. You're insane. Sedat sedative is required. Spock needs answers and want, and he wants to talk with Kirk Janice. The security guards are loyal to the captain and he has that ordered them that no one talk with the prisoner. Spock asks the guard if the rule has ever applied to senior officers. The security guard reasons that it means talking alone and accompanies Spock. Kirk Janice pleads for Spock for Spock to make a mind meld with Kirk Janice and Spock then believes she is Kirk. Spock tells Kirk Janice, evidence must be factual. Kirk Janice charges Spock with mutiny and convenes a court martial. Evidence is presented and Janice Kirk demands a vote. Rebellion starts with Spock's defiance of Janice Kirk and he announces intent to resist the captain with any measure and means available. Scotty and McCoy plan to move against the captain. Janice Kirk calls for the death penalty against the two. A break conveys and Spock attempts to reverse the transference. Janice freaks, at, freaks and tells Coleman about the near transference. Coleman tells Janice Kirk the only way to make permanent the change is to kill Kirk Janice. Coleman again tells her he cannot murder. In a last attempt, Janice Kirk attempts to poison Kirk Janice and a physical fight starts, but the transference completes and Janice tells Kirk, I want you dead. I've I never, uh, I'll never be captain now. You as I loved you. Okay, so what can we learn from uh, this episode? Turnabout Intruder is one of the final episodes of Star Trek series, and it can be interpreted as complimentary on the people and the positions of power to act in ways that they're contrary to their true natures. In the episode, Dr. Janice Lester, a former lover of Captain Kirk, switches body with him in an attempt to take control of the Enterprise. The body switch plot allows the character to explore both their, en their own entities and cha challenges the social norms, as well as the expectations placed upon members of the Enterprise. The episode was criticized for its portrayal of women and, it, and its weak plot. However, the storyline provides an opportunity to examine the behavior of elite characters when they're placed in unfamiliar situations or roles. In this case, Janice Lester's action as Captain Kirk reveals her insecurities and desire for power. While Kirk trapped in Lester's body, he must navigate the challenges of being in the position of vulnerability and perceived weakness. 
Despite the unique perspectives on the theme of the individuals and positions of power acting in the ways that are inconsistent with their true selves, it serves as a reminder of the importance of authenticity and self-awareness in leadership roles. The concept of the iron law of oligarchy suggests that the rule by the elite or oligarchy is inevitable in any democratic organization as part of the tactical and technical nature of bureaucracy. This means that any large organization will create a bureaucracy to maintain its efficiency and centralization will occur, leading to power in the hands of a few. These few, the oligarchy, will use all means necessary to preserve their power. The United States of America is a republic. It is not a democracy. The power is not focused in the hands of a few. The Constitution provides for a separation of powers between the legislative, executive, and judicial. Congress is divided by the House of Representatives and House in the Senate. The Senate. And there is a checks and balance of power in that case. The War Power Acts declares that Congress shall declare war. The executive powers have powers to initiate executive orders. And the judicial have the responsibility to interpret the laws of Congress. They are not to create new laws, but they are to interpret the laws of Congress. The Constitution provides for a narrow set of powers to prevent anarchy and also to prevent a dictatorship. No one king can rule in America unless that is God himself. In the nationalistic oligarchies, wealthy elites seek to preserve and extend their wealth and power. They use economic power to gain and hold political power and in turn use politics to extend their economic power. This is the hope and tragedy which occurs when big business aligns with Congress and Congress or the government, um, which is the three branches of government, do not represent their constituents, which are the people. The states delegate power to the federal government. The federal government does not delegate power to the states. States' rights can trump federal powers if the delegation of those powers are reversed. That was challenged in the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln said states did not have the right to succeed from the Union. It was a perpetual Union and succession was not allowed. But there are certain rights that states delegate to the federal government which cannot be um, uh, done away with since they are delegated rights. That would require the vote of all the states for that to happen. Any type of organization will naturally produce a class of leaders, a political class or a ruling elite that will arise because of the nature of bureaucracy. Heavy bureaucracy opens up for a ruling elite. Obligarchy is conventionally understood as a constitutional rival to democracy. Rule by the rich, rule by the poor. 
Oblarchy can exist with respect to certain limits by crucial policy issues at the same time that many other important issues are governed democratically. The concept of oligarchy is a key consideration in political domination by the social and economic elite. So in short, this country is one given by inheritance from God to wise and uh, wise men, our founding fathers, who saw in their wisdom to create the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land and shall govern forever. It is not a temporary document. And the amendments to the Constitution should be taken in careful consideration, closely scrutinized, to consider whether or not they increase personal freedom or they create slavery. And in the case, if it creates slavery, slavery is against the order of heaven, and we are not to support um, those type of laws, and we are to campaign or to write to our congressmen to create an act or a vote where Congress revokes bad laws. Man can create bad laws. It is not for man to endure bad laws forever, but to um, contact their representatives and have those representatives be a voice to the larger body in the Congress, which would be the House and Senate, and the judicial and the executive uh, branches, depending on what the situation is, for bad laws to be done away with and for good laws to be put in place.